uh, Valley of the Dry Bones. Uh, now I know that was a uh, that was a favorite sermon of Brother uh, Broomfield on Fun Time. Uh, but now I want I want us to look at this this Valley of the Dry Bones. It's in Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, and this is part of as we've been doing some doctrinal things and trying to make sure everybody gets the proper understanding, the Valley of the Dry Bones, uh, when you look at this, when you, when you look at the study here, um, it, 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 it'll explain to you why you always hear preachers and people say stuff like, when faced with overwhelming problems and issues, why the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. They always say, preach the Word of God, teach the Word of God, hear the Word of God, you know, and, and, and the valley, and, and in this text, it'll it'll explain that uh, to you. This is in uh, Ezekiel thirty-seven. It is very light. Okay, so we're going to draw about uh, at least three lessons from it, but we're going to excuse me, we're going to discuss it. Um, and I want you to get down some uh, preliminaries, <clears throat> excuse me, before we get into the lesson. Now, uh, there's three different groups that have been taken into captivity. In 606 B.C., 597 B.C., 586 B.C., where, uh, where Jerusalem was destroyed. All right? Um, and, and the whole reason, uh, who knows why... Uh, God's people were constantly being taken into captivity. Because of what else? Constantly disobedient, constantly going away from God, and then he would allow them to be captured in order to teach them, correct? Alright, and so then uh, we see a little background here. Ezekiel had to show Israel that Jerusalem would be destroyed. And after the fall of Jerusalem, he had to help them overcome their despair. Uh, if somebody will read um, uh, Ezekiel 37, verse, uh, one of the brothers read Ezekiel 37, verse 11 for me, so you can get an idea of how the people were feeling at that time. And he said unto me, Son of man, Hebrews are a whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We're cut off for our part. All right. So, he says, in this devastation, all hope is gone. The nation is destroyed. Uh, there's no, uh, they, they seem like they have no hope. They've been overwhelmed by all of the, the, the catastrophe that they've been in. And sometimes it is true that God's people will face what seems to be very overwhelming uh, situations, right? And now, if we go back to uh, Ezekiel 37, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, we get a little context here. It says, The Lord uh, took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. This is uh, uh, Ezekiel, the prophet there, and he's referring to how the Lord carried him away to see this vision. 
He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these uh, bones become a living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Now, just there, notice he was brought to this shining, in the previous chapter, he was in a shining city, vibrant city, everything was there. But then he was transferred to this, in this vision, to this city that was full of dry bones, and he was surrounded by dry bones everywhere. What do you, what do you think he was feeling at the time? Confused, lost, what else? Hopeless, right? Because not only did he see the bones, the bones were dried up. And they were all over the floor. Not only were they dried up and all over the floor, they were also dismembered. Now, what else does that say? Not only were they all over and all around him, but they were dismembered. What does that add to it? Fear. What's that? Cruelty. You say fear? What you say, Nico? That's right. These folks did not just die. They've been here for a long time. Go ahead. So you're looking at this death scene, this seems hopeless. And you try to be, and, and, and it's like these, they've been torn about. And sometimes when you, when you look at this, when you think about it, that's how people will look at situations that have happened in their life. You know, uh, it's almost like a, 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 a Satan has run through there, torn apart, whatever their stuff, whatever their sin was. It's had a devastating effect on them. And, and, when you, and it's kind of like, you know, you want to start to clean up, but it's like, where do I start? Where do I start to put this all back together again? Right? And then notice that uh, God asked Ezekiel. He says to him, uh, can I put this back together again? What did Ezekiel say? So notice this. When, when facing difficult, challenging, overwhelming situations, right? The question is never if God can. It's if he will. If it's his will to do so. But when it says sovereign Lord, that's the one who has all power can do anything that he wants to do. So in prayer, it's never, it's never Lord, uh, 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 can you fix this thing? The thing is, is it your will that this thing be fixed? Uh, is, it, is it better that we, that we focus on the fact, is it better for us to focus on his will in doing so? Why would you say He knows best. 
Ah, you're saying, Lord, you know best. And saying, it is not my will, but thine. Right? So I need to rely not on my will, but I need to rely on God's will. Ezekiel was saying these people, if they were to become, if they were to come become living again, something was going to have to happen. And, and it says now this book here, it falls into three parts. Alright, number one is the prophecies, and that's before the siege in Jerusalem, 1 through 24. Then it's also uh, the prophecies, prophecies during the siege of Jerusalem. And I'll come back to the explanations in a moment, but I want to make sure we get background and context here. And then also uh, the message after the fall. So when we go back there, we have prophecies before the siege, prophecies during the siege, and then prophecies after the siege. So prophecies, talking about the prophesying or the proclamation of God's word. And it tells us that uh, we should be focused and keep our ears open to the proclamations of the proclamation of God's word when? All times. We should be focused on his word before the problem comes. We should be focused on his word during the problem, the issue, or the challenge. And we should stay focused as God wanted his people to do because he kept sending uh, a messenger to them. Uh, uh, you, should be, you should stay focused on his word and his will, on his word and his will, even after the fall. Now, which one of those would you say seems most challenging? <clears throat> For some people it might be during, right? For some folks, it might be after, right? Some people, it might be for. Because the thing here is, this chapter does not teach that all people will be uh, resurrected. It doesn't teach that. This teaches that only those who hear and respond will be restored, who will be resurrected. That's, that's what it refers to. And see, it's going to take the word of God and his will in order to restore the situation. So we have to bear in mind as God's people that it's going to take God's word and will for this thing to be fixed. Right? And, and, and it says there, the vision of the dry bones in chapter 37 was a vision of their restoration. Right? And then it says, now, one thing that it, that, that it shows us here, shows us, is there is hope even for old dry bones. See, one thing we have to bear in mind, there is always hope. Always hope. No matter how long the situation's been that way, no matter how responsive, unresponsive the situation seems to have been, uh, there is always, always hope, right? Um, God took him into this valley field, and, he, and, and Ezekiel was told to preach to the bones. Does that sound crazy to anybody? <clears throat> why, why, why does that sound crazy? No. <laughs> I can bones here, huh? And it says, and it says, uh, can, remember he said, can they be brought back to life? Now in 37, verse 4 through 6, will one of you boys have it? Ezekiel 37? 
Read uh, 4 and 6. Go ahead, read. Now look, he's sending the preacher, right, to preach the word. And there's a way that he's to do it. Notice, he says to them, speak a prophetic or message to these bones and say. Right? So now, sometimes God will send us to do things. His word will want us to do things that we, we just don't see. Is that right? Now what's wrong with that when we get caught up in what we don't see? What'd you say? No trust. No trust. What'd you go say? Doubting. Doubting. Right? Why doubt? Why, why is it doubt? Because some people, like, guess what? Five senses figure if you can't see it, touch it, or see for see something, mm -hmm. then it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's like, Lord, I, I, I can't see how you're going to restore. I can't see how you're going to fix. I can't see how you're going to heal. I just can't see it. So if I can't see it, then I got a problem believing it. And not only will I have a problem believing it, I'm going to have a problem doing it. But you see, Ezekiel, doesn't he, he doesn't hesitate. He said, yes. When you asked the question a few minutes ago, does it seem crazy, you know, that people are talking to but couldn't like the Jargon see people in the church This is the direction we're going. But, and, and, but I want you to see how sometimes situations, just like the children of Israel, they felt like their situation was hopeless. And sometimes we can be in circumstances where we think uh, this situation is too dried up, too calcified, too difficult, too challenging. Nothing can be done about this. Right? But then he tells them, he says, listen here. He says, you speak to the dry bones. Notice what he says. He says, say this. Dry bones? Listen to the word of God. Notice what, he, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, dry bones, listen to who? Ezekiel. Me. He doesn't say listen to me. He says listen. Listen, a true gospel preacher, a true preacher of God's word, will say listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to God's word. Yes, you see me and you hear my voice, but you listen for God's word. Right? And then, and, and, and is it important that we learn to focus and look for God's word and not get caught up on the vessel or the messenger? I need to look for the word. Then he says here, um, um, Listen to the word. This is what the sovereign Lord says. He says, look. Now no, notice what he's saying. Now watch this. It might say, he says, the Lord says to read it again, Caleb, in, in, in verse, uh, in, in verse uh, 5. Go ahead. Thus says the Lord, God to the 
Right there. Surely I will. Go ahead. I will. Again. Go ahead. You see that right there? Listen to the word of the Lord. And what did you see when it says, I will, I will, I will? What did you get from that? Only God can do it, and it is a promise directly from God. That if you'll listen, then I will pull this situation. I will put these bones, I'll put flesh on it. I'll put this thing back together. I'll restore it. My promise is, if you will hear me. You see that? Everybody see the importance of that? Why we always preach about listen to God, listen to God, listen to God? Because God is the only one who can fix situations, circumstances, attitudes, and messed up actions. He's the only one. Right? But it requires a person to listen to the word. And so he says, listen, listen to me. And we see this, it's just a wonderful scene. Life is going to return to the bone, right? And then, see, uh, it, it goes on there, Caleb. Go ahead and keep reading for me. Now, now, look at here, what happens? Now, it says he, he, he speaks to them, right? And the word that we have translated as breath is actually spirit or wind. And, and, and what it is, this noise takes place and this spirit, this wind, comes upon them uh, through the preaching of this message. Does it sound familiar to anybody? This happens somewhere else in the Bible. Right? And, and, and then it says a noise and a shaking took place. And then the bones are joined into skeletons. Ligaments bind the bones, muscle cover the bones, and then skin. So notice how, now what do you see with this word? What is the word doing to these bones? Ah, going step by step. Going in order, right? See, it talks about how God's word sets things in order. God's word must come forth to set things in order. Because remember, the bones are scattered all over the place, right? 
right? Just like God's people were scattered all over the place. But God is not the God of confusion. He pulls them together in order. And see, there can't be life, not in the Lord, without his order. His order. So notice, he puts the bones, the skeletons, the ligaments, all of that comes together. But here's the thing. The valley is filled with corpses. Now all of the skin, now y'all don't know about this, because y'all watch the, uh, what is that, uh, the, 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 what is it, The Walking Dead or something like that? Uh, you <laughs> so, so, so the thing is, you watch that, right? But now they have skin, they have bone, they have ligaments, but they're just corpses. Why? There's no life. They have not been animated by the spirit. So notice again the power of the word where he says this. He says, now speak to the breath. That is the spirit. Speak to it. And command it. Is that not what it says? Is that what you read, uh, 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 Caleb? You read that over there where it said, he said here, he said, speak, this, speak to the wind, son of man. Speak um, and prophesy to him that the sovereign Lord says. Notice what he says. The wind is being, that spirit is being commanded by who? God. Can I, you see that? Right, this is not some man. This is not Benny Hinn type stuff. He says, you speak to and say, the Lord says. And then what we see here in, in, in verses 7 and 8, in verse 7 and 8 there, uh, uh, that, that he does this obediently. Right? Now, notice, when, he, when it says he does it obediently, it, it, this means that he did, he, he did just as he was told. He says, suddenly I spoke and there was a rattling of bones all across the valley and the bones of each body came together. Right? Then around verse 10, he says, so I spoke this message as he commanded me and the breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet a great army. See that? God's spirit is the only thing. His word and his will and his spirit is the only thing that stands the people up, puts them on their feet, and animates this great army. See, this is pointing to what would happen even over there in the New Testament where God's people were scattered about. And on the day of, he, day of Pentecost, he gathered them all together, preached that word to them that they might receive the spirit and become an army. That army, his people, the church. Right? And, and, and so then we see here uh, uh, that the breath of God it comes to their bodies and they stand. Now, the dry bones, so I can explain it to you, dry bones represent the whole house of Israel, now in captivity and filled with despair. Now, God could give them new life and restore them to their land. He could. We just said that a few moments ago. He could. They needed, above all, to keep their faith in God. So, God's people, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of despair, all of these things, they need to keep their faith in God, God's word, 
God's will, God's power. Right? Cheyenne, get from me Ezekiel 39, verse 25 through 28. Go ahead and read. When you get there. 39, 25 to 28. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me. When they dwell safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people, and gathered them out of their enemy's land, and am sanctified, and them in the sight of many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord, their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them unto their own land, and have left them, and have left none of them anymore there. Now notice there, all right? So then here, uh, in Psalm 37, Verses, uh, at the beginning of verse 12, it says, Therefore prophesy to them and say, This is the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. See, that's, that was the message that he, that he was proclaiming to them, right? And it's fulfilled when the prophecy, it found its fulfillment. When you go to look at it, it's, it's, it's in the book of Ezra. It's in the book of Nehemiah, right? When the prophecy is, is, is put out there, it begins to be fulfilled. The return is in three stages. You see it with Zerubbabel. You see it with Ezra. And you see it with, ne with Nehemiah. The restoration of God's people as he's bringing them back. All right, anybody have a, a question right there or anywhere? Books of what? Ezra. The fulfillment is found in the books of, sorry. Uh, the Ezra. fulfillment, the prophecy found in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Okay. And the return was in three stages. Under Zerubbabel, then Ezra, then Nehemiah. Now, for the three lessons that, are, uh, that we want to lift from, this, uh, from this, 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 this narrative here. And it says here, okay, now, there is hope. If there was hope for them then with the word of God, then there is hope for us today. But we must always understand as Christians that we are always... The righteous will always be in the minority. Is that true? But no. Hmm? No. 
On the face of this earth? Oh, oh on the face of this earth, but the righteous uh, are always going to be in the ma majority as long as it's the righteous plus God. Right, but when our yes, overall. But in the situations that I'm talking about, when my children go to school, and when you go to work, and situations like that, you will find yourself in the minority as you stand on the word of God. Right? And that's important. I need my children to understand, and I need my children to take this with them back to school because they have to understand that, that, that you, there's some things you're going to have to stand for that you learn from the word of God. And you'll find yourself in the minority. And sin abounds in the world. And we have some Christians, even, that refuse to walk with God. We have some Christians who, uh, when they see wrong being done or see wrong being said, they choose the path of least resistance. They choose just not to say anything or not even get involved. But see, the thing is, with what you know and who you know, you are commanded to speak up in some way, shape, or form. And guess what? Don't let the fact that you feel like it might be conflict get you. Because guess what? It may not always end in conflict. That might be the moment the person uh, God has brought them to so they can hear his word. Then, guess what? There is still, like you just said, for God, God's people to see, not everybody is, 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 is it, when you look around, everybody's not trying to be me plus God. And me plus God sometimes slips quickly from their mind. So then, see, so there is still hope for the faithful by hanging on to God's word. Now, God's children often face overwhelming odds and problems. We know that, right? And, and, and there is discouragement, uncertainty in the future. To offset these problems, God supplies all that we need to know to do the best we can. Just like he did for the dry bones, all that they needed to know all they needed to hear was his word. And trusting his word, it was all sufficient and it was able to bring them back together again and put them in order, put, restore them back to the land. Right? And so, the uh, Bible tells us in Philippians 4.19, read that for me, Tymere. According to his riches, not according to yours or mine, but his, because his is inexhaustible. No matter how dry the situation is, no matter how calcified it may seem, no matter how uh, uh, just, just, you, you just can't see it. And see, we got to get past if I don't see it. Because guess what? Sometimes you don't see everything. You have blind spots. Right? And so then, uh, only God, we have to understand that only God can offer freedom. Only he can offer freedom to Israel. Uh, the Israelites were slaves, and they had no way to deliver themselves. So now, if only God can deliver freedom to Israel, then who's our only deliverer? Huh? Only God then, only God now can set us free. Right? And, and, and Isaiah 41.10, what's it say uh, there, Caleb?
Before you uh, ask for those things, think about it already, that you already have it. Like you said, you already have it, so why would you need to continue to ask for it and it's already there? Yeah. His word, it gives it to you. He tells you to read his word. It's there. Yeah. So I got to ask myself, what's distracting me from what I already have? Yourself. Huh? Something is distracting me, right? Only God can offer freedom to his people today. Freedom from what? Bondage of sin. Help for the saved to live a faithful life. So when he brought them together and they were going to be an army, the only way they were going to be an army was if by, the, by, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit which bound them together. When we become Christians, go down in that water and receive the Holy Spirit, the only way we can live that life faithfully is by believing in the, in the once we're animated or regenerated by that Holy Spirit, the only way we can live that life is by listening and being obedient to the leading of the Spirit. Right? You want to get out of a situation? Situation's tight, situation's difficult? Listen to the word. Obey the word. This morning we said we obey the word 
Uh, we ought to be obeying the word not because we're just, not just because we're trying to get that. No. We ought to be obeying the word because it pleases God. It pleases God, and guess what? Whether you see it or not, it eases your life. It brings peace to your life. Right? So Hebrews 13 says what? Go ahead and read for me, Cheyenne. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Mm -hmm. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say. See that? Right there. So again, we get caught up. Conduct, covetousness is when we're focused. See that? See, I've noticed that. That's when people get real dry. People get real dry. Their responses get real dry. They get real dead. And their attitudes get real nasty. When they stop focusing on and realizing what God has done and is doing. See, covetousness, when you start looking over there, you're saying, see, that's better, that's better, that's better, that's better. And, and, and see, the, the, the way you say that that's better, what that creates in you, you, see, you keep focusing on, say, keeping betterness over there, you know what it creates in you? Bitterness. You get bitter about your situation and your circumstances. And then you get real dry when you hear the word. The word can't do nothing with you now. Because, see, because you, 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 the thing is now you're caught up, right? And now you, you, you're filled with discontent. And, and, and see, the thing is, uh, uh, see, you got to remember, now, that to be discontent with the word is to be discontent with life. So I guess you were more content when you were dead. <clears throat> when you were dead and dismembered, I guess you were more content with that. Yes. They'll quickly think they're being cheated. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. If they're being cheated, they're not getting something from God that he's already given. That's right. So why would he give you more of what you're not already given? Be faithful in little things. Right? Yes. Okay. So I get that we already have this ability. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I need the courage to look at myself. Remember this morning we were talking about Jacob? Jacob, it, it took, when God said, what's your name? It took courage for him to admit or confess what he was and who he was. And sometimes, we, 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 it, we're, afraid to, we're afraid to look at the places we lack because sometimes we think that we have in those areas and don't want to see or don't want to be told that we lack in those areas. But see, when you admit to those areas and open them up, 
then God pours in. You see? So you're saying, look, because if you look in your own life, you could probably see some places where I haven't had, or I, was, I, didn't, I didn't use the courage, I didn't have enough courage to use the strength that he had given me. And Lord, I'm wrong for that. So Lord, forgive me, and I want to have the courage to use the strength that I know is there. Does that make sense? Because sometimes, because look, look at the latter part of that scripture, he says, so I may boldly say, what can man do to me? So sometimes we get caught up into what we think man might do or could do and miss what God is doing. You see? Because I think so-and-so might come off this way. Or I think, see, all of that, the only person I need to be concerned about, the only response I need to, I need to be concerned about how God feels and how God responds. That's because guess what? When I'm sincere with God, then God is going to deal sincerely with my situation. Right? So yes, we do keep praying. No, pray without ceasing. But as you pray, your prayer becomes more mature. It becomes more detailed, more focused. It becomes more, um, you start to look inside and be more honest with yourself. And through that, be more honest with God. Does that make sense to anyone? Because see, God, see, when God talks about working some stuff out, he's not, he wants to say, come here, Sheree, let us work it out. Because if you don't sit down with him, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, like you do with the children. Now, sometimes you show the children to do something, and you say, come here, come here, come here. Right? Because you know good way that if they don't sit down and do it, then they're going to run around. And if you've been saying, Mommy, come do this for me. He's like, you know what I'm saying? Come here. Right? So after a while, you've got to stop catching fish and teaching how to fish. So that's how you're going to get your buy-in when you sit down with the Lord and the Lord will show you. So I'm not saying don't stop praying. God is always helping. But, and, he, and he wants to hear you in your personal prayer say, Lord, come on in. Help me. Lord, come on in. Do more. Lord, he wants to hear you inviting him all the time. But let's not act like he hasn't given us strength. And sometimes we have a certain way we want to see the strength. And if it doesn't come the way we think it should, or what we wanted to, then we think he's denying us. No, he's not. He's preparing us. Because sometimes we ask for stuff and we don't even know what we're asking for. And before we get it, we got to be prepared for it. Hey, you think that's true? Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? The more responsibility, he says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Now, do I have the courage to step up? to that next level of responsibility. That's what I have to ask myself. Do I have the courage to be sincere? Do I have the courage to be all about God and less about me? Do I have that courage? That's important. And, and that's something that we have to ask even in the things that we do in the church. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Every one of my children ought to be writing it down somewhere. You ought to be writing that, like we used to do back in the day, writing on the trapper keeper. Y'all remember that? We used to write stuff on the trapper keeper? Well, I was before the trapper keeper, so we had binders. <laughs> <laughs> we scratched stuff in the binder. Man, the Lord. <laughs> yeah, when the trapper keeper would come out, we thought that was some high tech stuff. You got colors on it. You can fold it three ways and stuff. 
I never could keep my my organized longer than a week. It was all I would sit up that night and put everything in the right uh, in the right folder and put tabs on everything. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna be so organized this year. <laughs> Didn't even get out of a week. It was in the it was in the locker, and I'm walking down walking down the hallway with just a folder and a pencil behind my ear. But that's another story. So the thing is, and then always need to ask somebody for, for a piece of paper. And that wasn't me. I've had my stuff, see? Trey, don't be that way. Don't be the athlete like that. Look, he already grinned. Don't be that athlete that always walk around with just a folder. Nobody's books, just a folder. And then get to sit in class and be like, you got some paper? Asking one, but hey, you got a pencil? You got a, it's a collective effort from half the class just for you to get your lesson. <laughs> Don't be that dude. Don't be that dude. God worked too hard to prepare you. He worked too hard through your mama to prepare you. Right? And so then it says, uh, what does it say there, Tymir? What shall we then say to these things? If God for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us if God is for us, Tymir? noise. What, what do you think that noise is? 
God working. There it is. Some of us have been in a certain situation in a certain way so long. But then God speaks and stuff starts moving and sometimes we, you get afraid, don't you? I'm like, you saw all this stuff going on. He's moving. Stuff is rattling. Stuff is shaking. Stuff that was rusted shut is now opening. I don't know what to do. Stand there and know that he is God. And he's working right now. You know, you know, Gordy, sometimes that scare folk out the church. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> That's my man. They come in and they've been faking religion for a long time. Yes, sir. You say what? <laughs> so because he's gonna fix it, right? And I and I need to use this other analogy. Sometimes when you talk about public school, uh, the private school, she said when she came out of the nomination, it was like coming from, from, from public school to private school, right? But it's because you were certain that all of a sudden jammed into a situation where you was like, this is for real. Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> she said it was too much. It was too much. She was used to just coming in, getting the praise on, doing her, making her little coffee, <laughs> and going home. But now she's like, this stuff is real. Stuff is really moving. Yeah. What'd you say? It's personal. Get real personal. Get real personal. That's true, right? And so, and so then we see this. Uh, we see this now. Now that God's power is often exerted through human agency. You know what that human agency is? Go back to, what, what did he do? What was the human agency that he used to, to, to reach the dry bones? Ezekiel. And he told Ezekiel to do what? Prophesy. Prophesy, Prophesy means speak or preach the message, right? This is how God does it. Ezekiel was told to speak out, to preach the message uh, the message God gave him to preach. Again, what did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 11? I deliver unto you what? That which was delivered unto me. If Peter said if anybody speaks, they are to speak as what? The oracles of God. So they are to be delivered in the exact same way. If you somewhere and it all sounds good, but it's not according to his word, it won't do good. Not in your life. Right? And then it says, today God uses Christians to make known his will to the world. Y'all believe that? Huh? We need to speak through our, our, uh, our actions and our lives. The lost are shown the way of salvation through what we do. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. What's it say, Caleb? Uh, uh, um, See that? That's how God's word works. That's how God's word works. Rain comes down. Snow from heaven. 
return it, not that it's not going back until it's been absorbed and, and it's done what it was supposed to do on earth. Brother Rubble, time you Because I'm looking at this broken clock back there. It's six o'clock? It's six? Okay, so we'll stop right there. And uh, Gordon, you got a song for me? Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead.
All right. The Word of God is the most powerful force on earth. We learned that from the Valley of the Dry Bones. In Hebrews 4, verse 12, the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 through 25, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We are to be reminded of, when we look at the Valley of the Dry Bones, that God's word is so powerful that it is able to resurrect the dead to life. And when we read this text, it reminds us also uh, that there is a great resurrection day that is coming, the last day. And it tells us this in John chapter 5, verse uh, 28 to 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection, res resurrection of damnation. Speaking of, when we talked about on Wednesday, uh, them saying that there is no uh, nothing, there are those who teach there is nothing after death. The soul goes nowhere, it is annihilated. That's not true according to John. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And at the last trump, for the trump shall sound. Bible says also, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Guess what? It's not this body that's going to heaven. No flesh can enter into heaven. Flesh is corruptible. Flesh is temporary. No flesh is going into glory. When we, in that moment and in the twinkle of an eye, we will instantly be changed. And we'll look just like whatever God looks like, whatever Jesus looks like, that's the body we're going to put on. That's going to be the new form we'll take on. That'll be the form that has to exist for all of eternity. We're not taking this whole thing, this earthly tent. We're going to shed this thing and go on the glory. So sometimes we have to be careful not to let the pains and the distractions and the fatigue of this body cause us to lose the glory of the next body. Huh? You know we can get caught up on, on, on the daily trials and, and, and issues here. I can get caught up on uh, 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 not this, this thing here not being perfect enough for the world around me. But guess what? If I remain faithful, this thing he's going to give me will be pure and it will be perfect. It'll be shaped by it'll be shaped by his own hand, and it'll be it'll be there for all of eternity, right? And, and, and the thing is, for the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So I got an immortality suit that's waiting. You got one that's waiting, but it's waiting for you to be faithful enough to fit into that suit when the trump shall sound. They used to sing a song back in the day: "Where will I be when the first trumpet sounds? Uh, where will I be?" Will I be faithful? Will I be forgetful? I need to be in the Lord. Then the Bible says, and we give you just a few, and those are your references from the lesson. So the thing is, so where will I be? Where will I be? When it's out, where will you be? Will you be in the church being faithful? And when I say the church, not the building, 
but living the life in Christ, faithful. Uh, not forgetting his words. Remembering that no matter how daunting or overwhelming the situation can be, God's will and God's word can set the record straight, set the situation straight, fix my circumstances, and breathe life where there was death before. Huh? The word of God is just that powerful. And as it falls on dry ground, you know how the dry ground drinks up the rain. God's word will fall on your situation and be absorbed. And it, 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 if you let it be absorbed properly, it'll bring forth faithful flowers and fruit that please the master and draw others unto him for salvation. So God calls. Won't you be one of those? He calls by his word. He teaches by his word. We have VBS this week because we want to get his word out there. I want, I want, I want to challenge all my, my, my little children, Drea and all of them. I want to challenge them to go through their neighborhood and invite everybody they can. I want to challenge you to do the same thing, Time here. And I know people know you because we rode the bikes and everybody was running out their house. I, Time here. <laughs> little boy fell over his trash can trying to get the Time here. Hey, Time here. Me and Janaysia was just like, hmm, I guess we nobody, huh? But it's all right. Right? Challenge everybody. Bring as many as you can to come on to the Lord and hear the word. Vacation Bible School is a beautiful thing. Hmm? I love going to Vacation Bible School. When I was, when I, I still love going to Vacation Bible School. And we got to teach them how to be trailblazers. I, I got, I got, I, man, I got battle scars from Vacation Bible School. That building over there in Mound Street. Because Jackson tell you, going down the street, it had, uh, going, when you went downstairs, it had no banister. And i never forget, I was going down, I was going, I don't know why I was in the basement. But I was going down, probably got in trouble for you. But anyway, I was going down there and I went to grab the banister. It was not there. Fell right over the side into some trash cans. That's funny. It's, you know, it's funny how they laugh at my pain. I'm not talking to you. You laughed at my pain the other day. It's just funny, bro, because you, you know, I can't see you doing that. But yeah, I fell right off the steps into the trash can. I got a mark right here that reminds me that that, that, that BBS was about, uh, it was all about the Beatitudes. Huh? And my beatitude was, you know, bless our peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. That mark reminds me of that. And I see myself falling into those trash cans. Uh, you know what? Even Carrie laughed. But it's all right. I, I cherish those times. Because I cherish the word. And we need to teach our children how to cherish the word, how to spread the word, and let them know how powerful it is. Let's not be dry with the word. Let's absorb it. Let's be enthusiastic with it. Let's share it. It's the best thing. There's nothing greater than it. So the word of God calls. And if you need, you need prayer, you need to, to pray for the church that you, that you be uh, restored, that you stand up straight and be courageous, then ask for those prayers and we'll pray right along with you. If it's anybody who's not wearing the name of Christ, you need to put on his name. Huh? Put on his name, his authority, and his power. That you might walk with him and let him fight for you. God is calling. If there's anyone who wishes to do so, you have that uh, chance right now. 
if you'll come forth, give us your hand, God your heart, and be, be, be willing to be baptized for remission that is forgiveness of sins and raised to walk in the newness of life after hearing, believing, and confessing Jesus as your Lord. Right? So if there's anyone who stands uh, in need or subject to the, a Savior's prayer, please come.